the rest of the story. John chapter 4. Anyone else? Have you obeyed the Lord? Jonah chapter 4 and verse number 4. Have you obeyed the Lord tonight? Wouldn't it be tragic? That's just a real good spirit here. How many is off from work tomorrow? Lord, you stay tonight then. There's no pit and problem down. Amen. I know some of you turn into a pumpkin or the rat at 11 o'clock, but that's okay. We'll fix a pumpkin and put the rat in a cage. It doesn't make any difference. But tonight, if you obeyed the Lord, if the Lord nudged your heart to give a testimony, you need to be obedient to that. You say, why do I, why do I need to be obedient to that? Because you don't know that person that's sitting in the congregation that needs to hear what God's put on your heart to say. Jehoshaphat, they're surrounded by the enemy. Jehoshaphat prays and said, Lord, we, we don't know what to do. We're surrounded. We just ain't got no idea what to do, God. But our eyes are upon thee. And about that time, this young fellow jumped up here and started preaching. And he had the answer that they all need to hear. And that was, you're not going to fight this battle. I'm going to fight this battle for you. So God knows what's needed. Now, have you obeyed the Lord tonight? Amen. I'm not sure which popped up first, so we'll just start over here. Doest thou well to be angry? What a question. So Jonah went out of the city, sat on the east side of the city, and there made him a booth and set it under it in the shade, in the shadow till he, he might see what would become of the city. And the Lord God prepared a gourd, made it to come up over Jonah, that it might be a shadow over his head to deliver him from his grief. So Jonah was exceeding glad of the gourd. But God prepared a worm when the morning rose the next day and it smote the gourd that it withered. And it came to pass when the sun did arise that God prepared a vehement east wind And the sun beat upon the head of Jonah that he fainted and wished in himself to die and said, here he is again, it's better for me to die than to live. But God said to Jonah, doest thou well to be angry for the gourd 
And he said, You better believe it. No, he said, I do well to be angry even unto death. Then said the Lord, Thou hast had pity on the gourd for which thou hast not labored, neither madest it grow, which came up in a night, and perished in a night. And should not I spare Nineveh, that great city, wherein are more than six score thousand, a hundred and twenty thousand persons that cannot discern their right hand from their left, and also much cattle. We preached this morning on doest thou well to be angry. Tonight I'm going to give you the second part of that story. Let's go to the throne of grace. Brother Neil, how about you praying? Amen, you be seated. Have you obeyed the Lord tonight? Boy, I appreciate all those that did. Have you obeyed the Lord tonight? The Lord wants you to give a testimony and you never. Maybe so. I've never given a testimony. Maybe the Lord wants you to do it tonight. Right quickly. All I can do is give you opportunity. You've got to take it. Amen. We see Jonah's attitude. We looked this morning. How that he is exceedingly, he displeased Jonah exceedingly. He's very angry with God. And he goes through all of this ordeal. I mean, he's just in a, in a tizzy, if you will. And God, we left this morning with the question, Doest thou well? To be angry. And he asked him that discerning question. It's like a physician probing around a wound before he treats it to see what it takes to bring about a healing. It's, it's, a, it's like a God probing the heart of Jonah with a soul-searching question. And before the Lord deals with a firm hand of judgment and chastisement, He'll reason with men about their sin. As a matter of fact, Revelator said, As many as I love, I rebuke and chasten. Be zealous, therefore, and repent. Jonah's very angry and it's totally unjustified. He's got a very angry and jealous and 
selfish spirit about him. Matter of fact, Jonah didn't even answer the question. The implication is, he just stomps out of the room. Goes to the east side of the city and waits to see what God does. Notice, first of all, his departure from the city. So Jonah went out of the city and sat on the east side of the city. Now the east side was the best place, the logical place to view the city. As a matter of fact, he's going to watch them because he don't believe they're sincere. He doesn't believe what God's done in their their heart is real. As a matter of fact, how people got saved and you thought, boy, I wonder how long that'll last. I wonder how real that is. Well, probably about as real as yours is. Amen. Boy, we do well just let that business be God's and keep our hands off of it. And so he goes out there (coughs) and his attitude is one of a very backslidden condition. Let me give you just a few things to maybe signs of backsliding. Boy, tonight I doubt very seriously if hopefully you're not here in a backslidden condition. But there are some signs that we can see when it happens. Number one, when we grow bold with temptation, I can handle it. It won't bother me. And may I say this, none of us can handle temptation apart from God. The moment you think you can handle temptation, you're going to be in trouble real quick. Second, when the small things that used to bother us used to bring conviction, don't bother us no more. Now, there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with missing church. There's nothing wrong with missing us. There's nothing wrong with that. When the small things that used to bring conviction no longer bother us. Boy, this is a big one. I found this to happen more than one. Well, I appreciate uh, the testimonies I've heard around this place tonight. When we stop serving, boy, I'm going to tell you something. The devil can find a place. Number four, when the pleasures of this world are more important than a time with our God. Amen. And when God becomes an obligation instead of a pleasure. Well, I, I hope and I pray you didn't, your attitude wasn't, well, we got to go to church tonight. Boy, I tell you, my attitude was, hallelujah, I get to go to church here tonight. Well, I told Darlene, my voice is, is, is terrible, but I loved preaching this morning. I love preaching tonight. I want you to know, boy, sometimes we can get caught up. Ain't got a thing to miss it, but sometimes we can get caught up in battles we shouldn't fight and, and ain't steal our joy away. 
And I want you to know, I enjoy preaching. I, my voice sounds rough, but I enjoy preaching. But notice what happens. He goes out on the east side, and he's sitting out on the hillside, and you, you can just imagine, he built him a booth, and he's sitting under there, and he's pouting. He's got the long lip. He's mad. He's angry. And he's pouting about what's took place. I told God that that would happen. That's God. I, I can't believe he didn't destroy them people. Boy, I tell you, he's a sick puppy. That's all there is to it. Want God to judge them. Like in disciples one day, they came one to do something, and they said, Lord, you want to call, you want us to call fire from heaven and turn them all into crispy critters? And God said, What is wrong with you? No, I don't want to do that. And here is this, he, he is, he's pouting, he's upset, he's sitting in a booth, and God begins to do some things for him. Now God prepares. We don't have to guess where it comes from. We know it comes from God. And God prepares. Now I want you to see something that I don't want you to miss. I want you to see how gracious, how merciful, how kind God is towards Jonah. In my opinion, just in my opinion, he should have grabbed him by the nap of the neck and wore his breeches off. It's what he should have done. But you know he doesn't do that. And God, in his grace and mercy, he deals with Jonah. Jonah's sitting on the hillside. He's, he's got the long, he's got this, he's got a... And he's waiting to see what's happening. And God steps up on the scene. Now God prepared some things. First of all, God prepared a gourd over his head. Now that gourd was um, uh, God's goodness towards him. As a matter of fact, it was called in that region... Christ palm or the or the hand of Jesus is what it was called. And he had several major properties about it. One being it was used as a laxative to purge your body. You, everybody know what laxative okay, thank God. We don't have to go into details there. But it was used as a laxative. And you say, well, why in the God would he uh, uh, put that kind of plan? Because Jonah's life's full of poison. His heart is full of poison. And God is... And now everybody knew this. Everybody knew what the plant was used for. It was used as a type of laxative to purge the body. And God is saying, Jonah... Your heart's full of bitterness and poison and you need to get it out of there. And he raised up his plant. Now it had these 
10 to 12 inch leaves over it. I mean, it would have made a great shade. But it had another property. It was, the oil was used to burn in a lamp. It created light. God's trying to turn the light on to Jonah's situation. He's trying to turn the light on to his heart and the condition of his heart. Boy, and it's sad. And it's how many does any of you know some bitter people? You know him. Well, I know some bitter people. <laughs> and uh, I mean, they're bitter. And you don't you don't know why. You can't understand why they're so bitter. But they're very bitter. And interesting. They cannot see how bitter they are. When Dr. Shemish talked about one time, he had a, a member of his church. And this man was so bitter that he even hated to run into him. And he said, I was in town and I seen him on the other end of the store. So I tried dodging him. I didn't want to get around. He was so bitter. And the man hollered at me and run toward me. He said, being a good pastor, I said, how you doing? He said, I'm doing wonderful. He said, pastor, I need to tell you something. He said, I had some problems. And he said he was thinking to himself, really? Really? I had some problems. And I just had to, God helped me to address them. And he said, I had to turn loose of some things. And he said, now, on my own business, he said, I don't have to work if I don't want to. He said, God has blessed me. He said, I just wanted to tell you. I had, boy, isn't it amazing? But boy, people in bitterness, Jonah cannot even see the shape he's in. He's not listening. He can't hear what God is saying. And what a sad thing is whenever we allow bitterness to so grip us that we can't see what God wants us to see and we can't hear what God wants us to hear. Man, that's a sad place to be. And so he's over there and all of a sudden God puts this and guess what? The only time in the book of Jonah, Jonah's happy. He's happy. But notice, notice, the Bible does not say he's thankful. You understand there's a difference in being happy and being thankful. Everybody understand the difference? There's a difference from being happy and being thankful. He's happy. Boy, I like his shade. But he's not thankful. Boy, I appreciate the testimonies so much tonight. Because what you did was just verifying. Boy, we need to be thankful. We need to be grateful. 
we, there ought to be a thankfulness. You young people, how more that at 16 than most of us had at 25. Amen. Boy, my first car was my daddy's Pontiac. It's a hoopty. I think long as this building, amen, it was tremendous. It was big. Boy, I want you to know, when he allowed me to buy, he had me buy a new car, but, but I, I was thankful. We would do us well to be thankful. To be thankful. May we wake up to something. May we get a hold of this. He's not thankful. He's just happy. Well, a quarter pounder with fries and drink make me happy. A lot of things make me happy. But I'm going to tell you something. When you realize all that God has done and what God's doing for Jonah, I want you to know I want to be thankful. Nothing, nothing will sour the spirit of an individual. Maybe that's the reason some of you never smile. You're like, like uh, lead, uh, Zeke's uh, kid. He comes in and says, she's sour. <laughs> she's sour. But she's getting older. I know she smiled the other day. Oh, I tell you, Rayleigh messed up this morning. She let me shake hands with her. Oh, he said, she's sour. You know what? I can shake hands with some of you and say, they're sour. And what makes us sour is an ungratitude, an ungratefulness in her heart. An ungratefulness for what God's given us. An ungratefulness for what? Well, God, she's talking to this young lady at the dollar store. Got my car and I said, boy, I'm not going to have to go home and tell my children their mom or dad's dead today. Boy, what, I tell you, I want to be grateful for all that we have. See, he was, un- he was happy, but he wasn't grateful. Not only that, so God looks in his heart. And the same God that prepared the gourd prepared a worm to eat. The, this is a very fragile. This gourd plant was a fragile plant. And a worm, and it just withered away. May I, may I stop here and say this? Whenever we're ungrateful, God can send a lot of worms into our lives. As well. That same God that blessed with the gourd can send the worms that can destroy the gourd. He's trying to get Jonah's attention. But God prepared a worm when the morning rose the next day and he smote the gourd that it withered. Now the same God through his goodness trying to lead to repentance is now saying... Man, that didn't work. So now, 
I'll just take the blessing away. Isn't it amazing? You know, God's been good to me. Well, I was, I, I, and I, I was one Sunday school this morning, I was reminding, boy, God's been good to me. Boy, years and years ago, I started being honest and tithing. And boy, I was listening this morning, there's been times I've not. I've held back on God. And you know what? God sent worms and got it. I, my, the teachers this morning, bless his heart, and I said, now listen, I said, man, I've done that. I've been there. Boy, I couldn't figure out my, I couldn't make ends meet. My money went crazy. You know why? Because the same God that blessed us to make it is the same God that put your money like a bag with a hole in it. That means you put money in the top and it goes and you don't know where in God's name it goes. Boy, I'll tell you, it pays to serve God. It does. Oh, the goodness of God. But when it doesn't bring repentance, God has a way of sending worms into your life. It's not, God's not desired to do that. He didn't want to do that. His desire is for Jonah to just go preach. But he wouldn't. So, not only that. And here we go again. And it came to pass when the sun did rise that God prepared a vehement east wind. Boy, this wind uh, was a burning, cutting, drying, south-laden wind. It was called by the Arabs, Sirocco. A Sirocco. It was a deadly wind for animals if they didn't find children. It could raise the temperature as much as 20 degrees. Jonah becomes faint. And here he goes again. Just kill me, God. Just kill me. That's his out when he runs out of everything else to complain about. God, just kill me. And God said to Jonah, now he's trying to get his attention. Jonah, doest thou well to be angry for the Lord? And Jonah answers him, Yes! I got a right to be mad. Now all he's doing is demonstrating his heart's not changed. And nothing's changed in his heart. I got a right to be mad. That's what he said. And God said, God said, he's like that elder son in Luke 15. Now the elder son was in the field and he came and drew, drew nigh to the house. He heard music and dancing. He called one of the servants and asked what these things meant. And he said to him, Thy brother, is come now, Father. I killed the fat cap because he had received him safe and sound, and he was angry and would not go in. Therefore, his father came out, his father out, and entreated him. There's no reference that that elder brother ever went in. He's still angry, as far as I know. Never changed. 
Jonah here said, I've got every right. And then God ends it this way. Jonah, I want you to get the message because the message is in the last two verses. Here's the message. Jonah, you had pity on the gourd. You didn't work. You didn't earn it. You didn't deserve it. You had pity for the gourd. And you're angry. But he said, which came up in the night and perished in the night. And should not. He said, you're being out of frame because I spared an entire city. That there's more than Three score thousand hundred and twenty thousand people in. Here's what he's just saying. You're being out of shape. You're angry that I didn't get a meal today. That I didn't get my song sung. I'm mad because they didn't do it the way I thought they would be done. I'm mad because I didn't get this or I didn't get that. And all around you, there's souls dying and going to hell. And you're mad about that? You're upset about that? Dr. Sexton said he went to do a message, a meeting for his preacher. He got there and the preacher said, I got a short business meeting and won't be long and I'll be back. And I'll take you for some supper before we start in the meeting. Hour, two hours, three hours. After about five or six hours, he said he hunted some peanut butter and crackers. Preacher come in, wore out, just beat to death. He said, brother, what in the world is going on? He said, we've been fighting. There's been just nothing battling for the last six hours. And Brother Ralph, over the color of trash cans in the church. Some wanted blue trash cans. Some wanted brown trash cans. He said, all this time, we've been all this time over trash cans. My, my. I know of a church, this is truth. They got an argument about the color of the shingles. One wanted brown and one wanted green. And so help me, they roofed half that church brown and half of it green. A testimony to everybody that drove by how divided they were. Let me bring it home to some of you. Some of you get angry over the silliest things. Some of you are angry and bitter over the stupidest things. That's not going to mean nothing. 
Like that gourd. Cheered. And it's gone. He says here. It's gone. It don't mean a thing. Done a funeral for a man this week. And I'll be honest with you. Drove by. Checked. After he died, I didn't see him haul a thing out of the house take with him. Still sitting right over there. We need to realize this. We need to realize the only thing we're going to take to heaven with us is the souls we reach for Christ. Our babies and our grandbabies. And if our grandchildren are not saved, you say, well, they're too little. Man, that's a time. That's the time to be on your face a weeping and a begging God to save them. You know when you start stop praying for them? When you brought them into this world or before. I think it'd be all right while mama's carrying them around. Start praying. God, this baby, I want you to save this baby. I believe we want to start right away because at the end of the times, at the end of the day, we can't confirm it, but a man that I knew about, perhaps a millionaire, very well to do. My age, that's young. Say amen. amen. Don't, don't, don't laugh. Amen. That's young. We think he might have died today. He won't take nothing with him. See, Jonas glide over a gourd and mad <coughs> and mad over a city being saved. Boy, he's sick. Now I'm going to give you one last word. Most theologians. I said most theologians. It's not in the Bible. So let me make it clear. Said that Jonah did get right. And the reason they believe he got right, the Holy Spirit used him to record this book in the Bible. Most believe he got right. And the Holy Ghost used him to record his story in the Word of God. Now, I don't know whether that's true or not. I like to believe that to be true. But here's the question. It's the same one this morning. Doest thou well to be angry? Aren't we angry over stuff? So silly. So silly. Lord, have mercy. Boy, we just, we'll just get all out of frame. Over something that don't mean nothing. That in, in eternity. And most of the time, the ones that get out of frame over nothing, their children are not where they need to be with the Lord. Hmm. Kind of backwards, in it? So tonight, doest thou well to be angry? Well... Young people, doest thou well to be angry? Hey, doest thou well?
doest thou well? That's what God asks. It's not my question. By the way, he's asked me the same question. He's asking you, doest thou well to be angry? Let's all stand to our feet. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Boy, you've been patient, been a 